<laughs> That's not the theme to Graphic Policy Radio. What the hell is that? Okay, so for folks who are tuning in, yes, this is Graphic Policy Radio. We're back on Monday night. And what was that opening? That was Black Canary's first song off their EP, Kicking and Screaming, uh, from Brendan Fletcher, a.k.a. the writer of Black Canary, uh, K-Boy lead vocalist, guitarist, uh, Michelle ben- Bensimone. And producer uh-huh. Joseph Donovan, who co-wrote two of the three tracks and performed all three. A uh, third track of the EP is a cover of a 1981 Bauhaus song. Thank you, DC Comics, uh, for giving what? us permission to open I haven't it up. heard the Bauhaus cover yet. Which, what song uh, is it? It's very important. I'm sorry? Uh, it, one second. Let me bring it up. Uh, I will bring it up in a second to tell you. The third is uh, The Man with the X-Ray Eyes, I believe. is the, the Holy Bauhaus. shit. What? Yeah. I've been really busy since I came back from Miami. I'm sorry, not Miami, from Maui. I'm like busier than Superboy was when he just came back from Maui, okay? I so. think you totally missed this. So while you're away, if you go to blackcanarymusic.com, you can actually check out Black Canary's three songs. You can buy all three tracks, uh, and they're actually really, really good. Um, I'm digging them a lot. And, of course, you should go out and get the first trade of Black Canary Volume 1, Kicking and Screaming, which is kooky, has the same uh, title of the EP. It's almost like this is amazing marketing. But again, thank you, DC Comics, for uh, allowing us to play that opening in what is a DC Comics-themed episode. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> one of your hosts, Brett, and joining me is, as always, Alana. How you doing? I'm great. I'm excited. Let's do this. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, so you've been on vacation. I don't know if you've yeah, heard, but Black Canary released a three-song EP. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but you're right. That's exactly the kind of multimedia marketing and also like having good taste that we want the creators to do. I actually picked up a comic at, um, I was at Women in Comics Con New York. I picked up an awesome comic called Afrocentric, which is very political. And we're definitely going to have the creator on later um, at another date. And she has a, like a Spotify, like mixtape. You can like go and download connected to each one of her issues you know, and folks know the Humans comic has its soundtrack. I'm I'm really into the soundtrack idea. Yes, yeah, I, I it, uh, it one it kind of like came out of nowhere, which was cool. Uh, timed really well with the trade pack uh, paperback release, and mm-hmm. I have to say, it's actually really good. I like. Yeah. I, I bought tell. and downloaded it. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's uh, for those who don't know, you want to check it out. As I said, you can go to blackcanarymusic.com, and uh, I highly recommend. Uh, purchasing it. It's fairly cheap for uh, some music that's there. Uh, but we're going to be talking DC Comics this episode um, to give folks the rundown. Uh, like, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, DC Comics announced their next big initiative called Rebirth that is kicking off uh, May 25th with DC Universe Rebirth, uh, which will kind of run thing, uh, folks through what's going on. Uh, it's not a reboot. It's not a restart. Uh, it is a continuation of the new 52, but also a throwback to uh, some legacy. They uh, have described it, uh, for those who are wondering exactly what it is, to go back to and look at what they did with Flash Rebirth and Green Lantern Rebirth to give you an idea as to what's going on. Uh, but with that, there's going to be a whole bunch of new uh, first issues. A couple series will be reverting back to their original numbering, and there will be all new creative teams, which we don't know until the 26th, March 26th. Uh, and I believe WonderCon DC will be announcing the actual creative team. So we've got uh, two Saturdays from now. Uh, we will actually know 
so this episode, we're going to discuss the various series that they uh, have announced and kind of come up with some of the uh, creators we'd like to see on the comics or from the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those who want to participate, you can tweet us at Graphic Policy uh, and let us know who you would like to see on creative teams. And I just want to yeah. say that I got the fantasy draft idea or structure, I should say, from um, Fantheon, Emma Hubois and, uh, and, Logan, uh, and Logan Dalton. Who, Logan Dalton, who we've completely co-opted, by the way, for our own website, mohahahagraphicpolicy.com. Um, so shout out to them uh, because I've loved the idea and I knew we'd want to play the game too. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. And uh, so shall we begin from number from the first on the list, which is Aquaman? Yeah, so Aquaman doesn't generally get the love. Um, as much as they so, try. They keep trying as to as make Aquaman happen. Yeah, I will say when they, when they initially uh, relaunched it, uh, I thought the relaunch one actually went pretty good. Um, and the, the, the creative team was, was decent. Uh, the the writer that I, I'm a big writer person, so that's where I'm going to be really focusing on. Uh, the writer that I would like to work on it is Rick Remender. Um, huh. I think he's done some great work with uh, his underwater slow, which was the first thing I was thinking of. But the other thing that really struck me is his work with uh, Black Science and um, the the familial relationships and really messed up family he has on in that series. I think could be really interesting. Uh, if brought to Aquaman. Cool. Uh, I could see that. Um, so for me, I thought, like, what would it take for me to read Aquaman? I would want it to be somebody who can do things that are really fantastic and out there. And I thought Brandon Graham, and as my, and I, you could have Brandon Graham do art and yeah. writing on it because it would be completely crazy and tripped out. Um, you bringing up the whole point of who does cool things underwater did make me remember Mike Del Mundo, who did art on Electra, who had wonderful underwater scenes as well. Um, so maybe they could tag team it. Um, but yeah. That, that would be a really good one. Um, I like that. I really like that choice. Uh, so let's flip this one. Batman number one, kind of the, one of the iconic series. Who would you like to see? I would like to see, and this is Emma's idea, and she said it, and I said, yes, Gail Simone. Gail Simone needs to write Batman. Gail Simone is one of the best comics writers. I don't think she's had, like, a really great Greek smash for a little while, and I think giving her a huge, big deal title, especially one that can alternately be bleak and funny, um, is perfect for her, and especially with Batman having a few more political moments lately, She's really great at, at she's really great at that. I just on every level think that Gail Simone needs to write Batman right now. And for her artist, I'd love to see Becky Cloonan. Um, she's not doing as much art right now, which is a, I understand why, but it's a shame because her art is fucking gorgeous and she can do dark and moody. And she'd actually draw people whose eyes I'd want to stare into like for a long time. And I think that's important with Batman. And it doesn't really happen uh, very often. That's actually what Becky Cloonan would be an awesome artist. Uh, writer, I was thinking of Tom King. Um, I'm oh, actually yeah, kind of going with the other side of the possible political spectrum. I, would, <laughs> I think a, like a we, we've debated. We're not quite sure where he is on the political spectrum, but uh, he has what I would say more conservative leaning would be. His, mm. And the dude literally worked for the CIA. <laughs> yeah, I know. Where I'm sort of like. <laughs> They used to say back during the Cold War, they used, 
the, the hardcore conservatives used to say that the CIA were, were, were all leftists within. The, no, I'm sorry, that was the State Department. Never mind. Yeah, Regardless, yeah, that's leftist. very questionable. Very questionable. <laughs> um, so, what about what about for the Flash? So, Flash would be interesting. My big someone who's a good crime writer. Um, I really would mm-hmm. see more of Barry being working with the actual police department. It, he's kind of done some work before. He's a lawyer. So um, I thought he would. He he does like lighthearted really well, and the fact that he's a lawyer could bring an interesting spin to the series. I like that idea. I like that. Um, I was thinking about it more from the uh, sci-fi standpoint, um, which, I'll, but I totally dig what you're saying as well. Um, and I was thinking, like, what's the one of the really lighthearted sci-fi things that I've enjoyed the most was Matt Fraction's run on FF. So, like we said, this is fantasy draft. I know Matt Fraction yep. isn't going to do anything for DC. But Matt Fraction on Flash. And then for art, I thought it could be cool to have somebody who had a classic style, but who's also had a very beautiful style. And I thought Colleen Duran, time to bring her back. She That's a really, Batman really good one. And, yeah, yeah, right, right. So now for Green Arrow, everybody knows I'm, the, I'm like a huge Green Arrow fan, and I haven't read Green Arrow in ages because it never seems to be doing what I want it to do. And surprisingly, I'm actually going to steal Emma's idea again for who should be the writer on this. Alex DeCampi. As soon as she said that, I feel like I made a, a loud screeching sound of excitement. Um, Alex DeCampi is somebody who can write about lefty politics with a cynical eye while still being progressive herself. And that's exactly what Green Arrow calls for. Um, Green Arrow needs someone who can call him on his shit and also understands like the politics of the moment and, and right now. And she also understands the historical context, so she could modernize him or not, depending. Um, and I think for art, like, you know, if we're going to be going with a very different tone for Green Arrow, which she would be, then I think maybe the art should be a little bit more classic. And to me, Nicola Scott just, is she channels, like, everything that was best about the, like, Bronze Age, but, like, even better. Um, she's, like, the modern version of the best of the Bronze Age. So I thought that could be a good combination. What about you? That, that would be a good one. Uh, someone who I always loved on Green Arrow, someone who's done it before, Jeff Lemire. Um, I think mm. he's just an amazing writer in so many ways. He's uh, done doing great things in, with uh, Old Man Logan and, and guy right now for Marvel. And this one artist, I actually thought of someone that I would like is Joe uh, Infernari, who does the bunker with Joshua Hale Filikoff. Um, oh, the, cool. the like great combo with the two. It's, it's a style that they've done, but I. I like it so i'm just going with it mm, okay that's cool uh, up next we got green lanterns uh well we don't necessarily know how this is going to uh different be different than how jordan and the green lanterns uh but i'm assuming this is kind of the uh, a whole bunch of different green lantern characters um like lumped together i've mentioned it before i'm gonna go charles soul again because i just like his work on inhumans and this is one uh with an artist that you've mentioned is becky clunan i thought would be a cool style for uh for that series cool so uh i was thinking for green lanterns i don't really know who to write it but i would love to see a very different approach in the art than than what we've had before uh, I love the art that the Al- everybody knows. I'm a huge fan of the Alrids. Um, I'd love to see them do something like this. Mm, uh, that would be cool. 
right? But if they went for like a more traditional artist, it would be great to see somebody like Stephanie Hans doing covers. I'd love to see what she would do with an outer space, with something in outer space. She's the best painter in comics right now, like after Alex Ross. And um, I, I would just love to see what she would do in that kind of setting. Superman, I struggled with for Superman. a while. And uh, the end, I, I think, know my writer on this one. Ooh. In the end, I decided Greg Pak. Uh, his storm mm-hmm. like had politics done in a very interesting way. And he's written like really good character work too. I know he would totally ace Lois Lane. Greg Pak, you know? And then uh, for the artist, one of the people who I met at New York Women in Comics Con and I'm so glad I did, and he'll be joining us sometime soon, is Alisa Martinez. She did art for Batgirl, and she also did art for, like, everything. She's just one of those workman artists who's worked on everything, and she has her own indie title now that is, like, very much for adults. It has a little bit of an Asian influence to the art style, but is still very traditional. And I feel like with Superman, you, you need to have an artist who's going to draw Superman that's a recognizable Superman. I mean, they even had... Kurt Swan repencil the faces that Jack Kirby drew of Superman. So it's got to be an artist who can do traditional to a certain extent. And she can completely do traditional and nail it. And she also has an interesting influence and touch and style to her art when she gets herself the space to do it. So that's who I suggest. That's a good one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to lump in this either for Superman or Action Comics. Uh, mm-hmm. I would go with Steve Orlando. Cool. And the reason I would go with Steve is the thing that I like about his writing, especially with Midnighter, is I think he could do the other really well um, with the idea of Superman not quite fitting in and being slightly ostracized. I Mm -hmm. really feel like he would have a a really good voice when it comes to that. Yeah, I think that's a cool idea. Wonder Woman. Yes. Well, we're we're getting one of our dreams come true already, right? What was the... Is it confirmed that Margaret... Marguerite Bennett's going to be on that, right? Uh, that was a rumor. I don't know if it's been confirmed. Oh, uh, well, I think it's going to be true. And I think that she's the perfect person. On art, you know, I need my Wonder Woman to have big muscles. If she doesn't have big muscles, they're doing it fucking wrong. Russell Dotterman, <laughs> who is in the army on Thor, does gorgeous art, and we damn well know that he can draw muscles. Um, and if they wanted to not, if they wanted to give him a little bit of a break because he's, you know, does really detailed and amazing work, Kevin Wada covers would be so cool. I'd love to see his take on Wonder Woman's wardrobe. And he also will give yeah. her muscles. He, he does the muscles too. That would be actually a really good one. Uh, so the, I'm loving right now the Legend of Wonder Woman, the digital series that's coming to print. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd have to continue with Renee DeLiz, who's just killing it when it both comes to both writing and. Uh, doing the art for that. I mean, I would love to see her continue. Uh, One that I was just thinking of that could be an interesting one, I have her for a different series, but Marjorie Liu, I think, would be really good on Wonder Woman. Yeah, I agree, and I also have her for a different series, but I agree. (laughs) (laughs) So, Action Comics. Uh, Yeah, so mine was Steve Orlando with Action Comics. Yeah. I'm going to say, but really. It sounds like... You know, uh, Emma and Logan had both talked about action comics and detective comics, how they're really supposed to be showcases uh, and an opportunity to have, like, try out different characters, different combos, and do shorter story arcs. And I firmly believe in that as well. I don't know who I think – so in a way, who ends up being the editor of action comics is almost more important than who's writing it. 
And I don't know who to suggest on that, but I definitely think it should be a mix and match team. For detective comics, I think, again, you're doing an anthology, and my suggestion of who should be the editor and maybe strike out some of the big plot points would be Brubaker, because who yeah. does a better noir than him? Literally nobody. So Brubaker should be the editor and like maybe offer some general story outline and then just regularly you know, you would have to have different writers coming in and out and plotting and things like that. And I would love to have, um, you know, like some really beautiful moody covers uh, that would be maybe consistent to draw a consistent visual brand to it. And again, I think Stephanie Hans would be great for that. Yeah. 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 Mine, um, as far as artists, I mean, I, I like his style. It's kind of all over the place. He did some amazing work. He's done amazing work on Batman. I think Scott Snyder should hop over to Detective uh, just because I think Detective, instead of focusing on Batman, focusing more on the G- GPCD and doing um, maybe more with Bullock and Gordon and all that, he could do some really cool stuff, especially That's the fact cool. that he has nailed like horror really well with some of the series. Um I would love to see what he does with that. It it could be, it'd be fun. It'd be definitely interesting. Yeah, Emma, Emma and Logan actually had the same had the same take as as you on that. Um, <laughs> so that means that the, the thoughts are out there. Next on the list are Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, and I want someone who's going to do some really interesting world building and recognize that politics is a central part of that, and who's going to keep shit diverse. And that's Marjorie Liu. Um, that's where I put her. And that's also what it would take to get me to read Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corpse, by the way, would be to have somebody like Marjorie Lou writing it. Um, and then I was thinking for art, Marion Churchyard. Uh, she did painting on Arclight, and she's also doing Under Fire Mountain. Um, she's got real interest in doing science fiction art. Her shit's really striking and otherworldly. Um, she's, uh, yes, she, I, I want to see her on that. What about you? Uh, this one, I, I kind of went with someone who I think does um, kooky, crazy ideas really well, Matt Fraction. Mm-hmm. But give me the Owl Reds, Owl Reds on art. Owl Reds art. Yeah, I'd read that too. I'm a sucker for that team up. Yeah, I mean, like, it'd be so just a fun. crazy, out there sci-fi series that's just fun. Yeah, I think we both described what would be completely opposite takes of how Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, and both of them I think would be totally awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Justice League, I think – oh, you should go first, Justice League. Uh, so Justice League, I see that as a series that's got to be like a really long payoff, and there's one writer that I think of can do like a three-year storyline and actually deliver at the end. It's Jonathan Hickman. Um, mm. He did that with Fantastic Four. He did it with Avengers. You want an intertwining huge picture. Uh, he's the writer I'm going towards. So – it says Justice League and not Justice League of America. So I'm going to read into this to be like, this could be any one of the various types of Justice Leagues we've had. And my favorite types of Justice Leagues are Justice Leagues that are heavy on the soap opera and heavy on the politics. And you know who's really good at soap operas and politics and would probably only be convinced to do a super high-level thing anyway? Uh, Kieran Gillen. I would yeah. love to have him on Justice League. Yeah, um, that, that would be actually a really fun one. Right? Um, and again, I think that you need to, I think that Justice League is a title where you probably want to have a more classic style artist. Uh, Alyssa Martinez came to mind for that. 
I mean, I hate breaking up Karen Gillan and Jamie McKelvey, but I almost can't imagine McKelvey being even vaguely interested in doing a Justice League book. So. Um, yeah, I don't know on that one. I, I would guess probably not, but you never know. Uh, but yeah, Karen would be really, really good. Um, though I think he would be really cool on like a Teen Titans. He won't do it again. I mean, he would fucking nail it, but I just don't know if he wants to do another book like that. So why yeah. give him a group of, a group of a team of adults or allegedly adults <laughs> since they squabble like Fine, children. <laughs> exactly. Go to Titans instead. Um, up next, we've got Nightwing. Oh, you didn't have one for Justice League? Oh, Justice League was... Oh, sorry. Who was it? One second. I mean, you could just say that I'm right. That's fine. Well, no, you're right. I agree with you. <laughs> I just deleted it to keep track of it. I, I have no idea who I am. Okay. Come back to that. So yep. for Nightwing, I have yeah. two two words that answer both of the questions. Ming Doyle. Yep. That would be a good one. Because Ming Doyle knows her way around darks and shadows, and she can draw the hell out of some pretty men. These are vital, vital aspects for a Nightwing book and frequently overlooked. Uh, her writing on Constantine has been outstanding. I want to see her doing Nightwing. I'm like so ready to die on that hill right now. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think that would be a really, really good one. Um, the one I would suggest, I mean, I think it's kind of like a no-duh and not all that creative, is Gail Simone. Um, yeah, she'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like we we've basically seen it. Let's let's be honest. We've seen her do exactly. very it before, but I can't think. I don't think she's actually done Nightwing. No, she hasn't. She's just written him and other things a great deal. Right. So, so I think doing it from his perspective would be really kind of interesting and a slight twist mm-hmm. to like him and Babs. Mm-hmm. Um. So it, it it would be interesting if nothing else. But yeah, I, I just think that would be just kind of nice slight twist to it all. Okay. And then McDo- and then Ming Doyle would be on art, even in your configuration. Yes. I, okay. I love, out of the two, <laughs> yours is the way better, better choice. Aw, well, um, thank you. <laughs> Batgirl. So I brought somebody out of the um, indie world for this who I think would be doing such a cool thing. Jessica Abel um, she has a comic coming out really soon that is like a teenage girl sci-fi story that looks amazing. She did Life Sucks. She's done a lot of really cool, interesting female-led indie girl titles. Um, and on art, Marguerite Savage, because that's the pretty shit I want to look at. And you need to have art that'll help transition like the existing Batgirl readers along with the title. And I think she could do that. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, transition is a good one. And that's kind of part of the thought of what a uh, person I came up with who is also indie. Um, I went with Monica Gallagher, who I've brought mm-hmm. up a few times in the show as um, a creator that I'm shocked that no one has picked up. She does some really great web comics um, and some other printed comics. But uh, the one folks probably should check out, Bonnie and Clyde, 9 to 5, which is about a roller girl who also has like a day job. Um, I think the style is a great transition off of that girl. It's also that kind of cartoony, hippish look. Um but I like it, and then she's just got a great voice in her writing in general. So um, it would definitely, oh, it would definitely, yeah, it would be fun. It would be, it would be interesting. Uh, but we've got another oh, well. Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Who do you have uh, for Batgirl on the Birds of Prey? I just 
moved over our team that has worked so well. <laughs> just Brendan Fletcher and Annie Wu, like just move them over yeah. to that. <laughs> they would be great on that. Totally. I, I thought about breaking it up a little bit. So my thought, Genevieve Valentine did such interesting things on Catwoman. I think that she has such a strong on grasp of fandom and, and genre that I think like whether or not, I think that they're going to want Batgirl and the Birds of Prey to be a book that is going to appeal both to the new readers, but also maybe be like friendly to the older readers, like who, who are like miss the old Birds of Prey. And I feel like Genevieve Valentine could really thread that needle of capturing all those characters and the spirit of those various pieces um, and have Babs Tar do the art there. And that would be, a, a you know, I'd love to see her draw all those ladies and that would be a guaranteed way to, you know, keep those, keep those fans together. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like that. I, I it, it would be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting series because there's going to be a lot of people who are fans of the old versions of it. Um, you're going to also have fans who I'm assuming that Poison Ivy is going to be in it. So you're going to have mm-hmm. those fans that are like die hard, hardcore Ivy fans. Um, you're going to have Batgirl fans, like whoever, right? Actually, it, it might be out of everything, one of the trickiest series to write because you're going to have mm-hmm. so many different factions being like, it's not what I want. And um, yeah, I don't think I envy whoever takes that on. But oh, that's another reason it should be Genevieve Valentine. That she would know on a social cultural level how to navigate the intricacies yeah. of that complicated situation. Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah, it uh, it's not going to be an easy one, but it's going to be a key one. That's going to be a really really important series. Um, so Hellblazer. The Hellblazer. Uh, I, what do you have? So, someone who I think does a great job at creepy and somewhat horror-ish, sorry, um, Mm -hmm. without going completely scary, uh, Joshua Williamson, his work on Nailbiter, I think creeps me out every single issue, and it's really good. Um, It's one that I I would love to see him... uh, writing it and I'm look about to look up whoever does the art on nail biter also would be like great for the art. Um, and I'm totally blanking on who that is. Let me look it up. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you'd be a Mike Henderson who does the art. Huh. I think both of them and Henderson's got a very similar style to what is on Constantine right now. So it wouldn't be a huge difference, but I think Williamson does a lot of fun. Um, he does, he does bad playing good or bad being like cheeky and fun very very well hmm. so yeah sounds good so i'm obsessed with hellblazer it's one of my favorite comics right now um i'm i have to keep the writing team on that which is ming doyle and james tinney and the fourth mm-hmm. um also really important that we have a bisexual guy writing a bisexual guy for like the first yeah. time in dc comics that we know of um and i love the art team on it too but if we wanted to shake it up i could really see uh, bringing in somebody like Marion Churchyard, who I mentioned earlier from Arclight um, and a lot of uh, underground stuff pieces, uh, or Mike Del Mundo again, who's now on Weird World, um, who does really painterly, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. Otherworldly stuff. And you can use, because Hellblazer transcends different planes, it's it's not a bad into, you know, so long as you keep Hellblazer's face looking a certain level of consistency and the iconic outfit 
you can have lots of different creative kinds of art going on around it. And of course, every time we can get Ming Doyle to do art, flashback art, I'm in heaven. So. Yeah, I, re- I like that. Um, the Del Mundo and art would be awesome. So Red Hood and the Outlaws, uh, I haven't touched it in a long time, but my understanding is that it's a flaming bag, of course, of, of, of <laughs> dog shit. And we certainly know from when it, re- when it relaunched in the beginning of the New 52 that it was a flaming sexist bag of dog shit. So what could possibly get the taste of dog shit out of our mouths? You know, I, I think that the team that I would trust to take it into a completely better and non-shitty direction, that would be really fun and naughty and mischievous and or it could even bring it back to a more the more traditional like you know Batman and the out uh, and more actually no I'm sorry that's the Outsiders I take it back but when you when you have an like Redhead and the Outlaws like you know who I think should be on the creative team for this would be Brendan Fletcher and Becky Cloonan writing that together um, and or him writing it and her drawing it and, you know whatever combination. And, but you know who else would be a really cool artist on this book? Also, would never happen because I think he has less than zero interest. But like we said, fantasy draft. Tom Neely, who does the art for the humans. Um, yeah. When I think outlaws, I think chimp biker gang. Um, you know, and he's an outstanding draftsman. His fight scenes would be brutal and entertaining. And I think you want brutal and entertaining for Red Hood and the Outlaws. It's funny when you were first talking, I thought you were just going to go with both creators from the humans. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be great too. Which would work. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So my my original is just who, whoever will get this canceled. Was my my. <laughs> I applaud. I applaud. Do you think? But do you think that somebody like Brenda Fletcher or Becky Cloonan could save Red Hood and the Outlaws? It would be interesting. I mean, so I just think the characters in it are generally so unlikable right now. Like, got so much going against it. Like, you've got the Red Hood, you've got Arsenal, um, Speedy, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And I think those are just two characters that have so much baggage and at this point are so disliked. Like, I'm shocked they're continuing this. Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the bad thing you would throw out, I mean, obviously you have Red Hood as part of it, you kind of have to, um, yeah. would be to go in a whole other direction of the Outlaws. I actually think the cooler idea would be is to make it Red Hood the villain and his like group of bad guys. Well, that could be a Western. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it would basically be, you're in, you know, you've got Batman and all these other stories. This is the villains of Gotham from their perspective. That's a cool idea. I like that it'd, idea. It'd be interesting. I mean, you know, I don't think there's anything intrinsic to Jason Todd's character that makes him be a shitty character to write. Uh, but I, just I think, think he's that, just disliked at this point, and there's just so much yeah. baggage. Yeah, you'd have to wipe that. Yeah, um, it would be very difficult to get him to be likable. I think that's the bigger issue. It's not that it's impossible to do, or there's something like horrible about the character that you can't really do anything with it. I just think there's so much history right there. I mean, let's put it this way. People voted to kill the dude. Yes, but they voted for fucked up reasons and it involved early forms of hacking. True, but they still voted to kill the guy. <laughs> it involved early forms of hacking, so we don't actually know yeah. how the vote yeah. went. Okay. That is, that is true, yeah. Um, but no, uh, I, what, okay, but anyway, um, so the Superman... <laughs> 
Like, what do you, is that? Do you think that's supposed to be about Lex Luthor or something? I don't know. That's my guess. I wasn't sure, so I'm not quite positive on the team. But my idea would be like, I would actually like to see a conservative voice in that. I would like to see like a someone doing who has a good grasp on like the conservative businessman view. Um, write that series from Lex Luthor's perspective. I think that would be interesting. Oh, his perspective. Where he's, that's an interesting idea. I mean, in general, I would just say, but Brett, they already have all of the platforms in the world to get their opinion across. <laughs> but I do think it'd be interesting to see, like, through the eyes of, you know, one, it, again, Lex Luthor's a villain who doesn't know he's a villain. I mean, that's, yeah. so that's, that, that's fascinating. That's cool. Yeah, Titan. I mean, wouldn't he, wouldn't he, shouldn't Sorry. he be like Donald Trump that hates the immigrant alien that wants to build the wall that is the successful businessman that's gone bankrupt God knows how how many times or wound up in jail so then you mean like what like Chuck Dixon should write this or um, what's his name (laughs) and that's the thing is like I don't know who would be good I don't know actually who would be good at that like Chuck Dixon I think is really good when it comes to like G.I. Joe type stories like I just I love Chuck Dixon's G.I. Joe stuff um, and he does really good military stuff, but I don't know if he like has. This one's a bit different because you really need a business aspect to it, as opposed to like a patriotic military aspect. More right, it. right. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting idea, though. I'm Titan. I mean, so Titans, like, I guess is that like the Teen Titan people, like the older generation of Teen Titans, like maybe <laughs> that. No idea. <laughs> so I'm going to presume that Titans means it's the older generation of teenagers, and then Teen Titans will be the younger generation of teenagers. Um, so, like, the Titans would be, excuse me, like, the uh, the um, Donna Troy yeah, Nightwing. generation. Exactly, of, of superheroes. Um, I mean, I, I would speculate that it's going to be Phil Jimenez on this book because, like, that's who I would want to have on this book. And I haven't figured out, like, we know, I mean, th- I mean, I don't think, although, I mean, he, maybe he's doing Wonder Woman with Mar- with, Mar- with Marguerite Bennett. I don't know. But I just, I don't know. I could just, and I could see him, like, writing and drawing and just, like, being Titans. He's, he is just good, good at channeling, like, that whole team thing. Um, I think he channels, like, he's somebody who can really talk about, like, the X-Men team dynamics. And Teen Titans, at their best, or DC's version of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the politics, sadly, but with the interpersonal interpersonal stuff. Um, so I think that it's a place that could use someone with that kind of eye. And he also is somebody who can, like, draw characters so I can tell them fucking apart, which is helpful when you have a team book. So that's another reason why I think he'd be good there. Yeah, that would actually uh, – you would be really, really good. Um, but maybe he'll be. But maybe he'll be back on Wonder Woman again, and I would certainly be happy with that too. Yes, as long as he's somewhere. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it has to be somewhere, right? He's part of their like architects crew. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the one I came up with was Babs Tar for that one. Hmm. Cool. For the artist. I would actually have her do everything. What? I think she. So she could. She would. Huh. Nestle, she. She would at least co-write it. Maybe you need someone huh. else. To, I don't know her abilities. As far as writer, um, but I think at least with the art that there's clearly a fun sense that I think she would bring to the series. Um, Wouldn't so, you put her on Teen Titans instead of Titans then, like the younger Titans? Possi- possibly, um, but I like my Teen Titans at least writer as a better idea. I do have her for the artist for Teen Titans, 
but I like my my writer suggestion. Okay, that's an interesting thought. So cyborg, who do you want for cyborg? Uh, just David Walker and bring over Stanley yeah. Green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. That's cool. I, 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 I like David F. Walker for sure. Um, I, you know, Stanford, Stanford F. Green has like a very like loose style that I'm not exactly sure if that's like the right cyborgy kind of a style. I, I was really, it, it is definitely different. I mean, one, one thought I had of somebody who could be cool to maybe have on covers for this maybe would be Francisco Francavilla. Yes. He has oh my a God, really yeah. dynamic movie, movie poster almost style of art. And I've seen him paint and draw people of color who like are clearly people of color and don't just look like white people painted brown. And that's really important. Um, so that was an idea I had for him as well. One of my favorite artists. Like I would, I absolutely love his stuff. I at some point I will absolutely buy an original of his. Um, well, yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing artist. And he was working on his stuff for Flash for a while, right? He, um, don't remember. I, I don't think so. I could be wrong. You know, what? he would actually be really good on Hellblazer. He would be good on Hellblazer, yeah. I like that idea. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's somebody who I could see. I just, I to be perfectly honest, I haven't been crazy about all of the art in Cyborg. Like, I think some of the alien character creation, it began interesting and then it got boring. Yeah. Um, I, I want to see the art try something different something a little bit more out of the box. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe Sanford Green then, because he's completely different. could be a new look for that. But David F. Walker has to write Cyborg. He is the only person who has ever written Cyborg well, like yep. ever. So like, why would you break that up? They're probably not going to. He'll probably still be on it. You know, I'm knocking on wood. Um, folks should definitely check that book out if they haven't. Um, Deathstroke. Is it your turn or mine? I can go first. Um, go so this, So this one... It's another one that I I don't care about the character, and if it got canceled, I'm fine with it. Uh, but uh, a, a writer who I think could be interesting is Garth Ennis, and for huh. but a different but a different spin. So Ennis is you know he's known a lot on like Preacher and high body counts and tons of violence, but I think he does amazing war comics really well, and I would love for him to take some of that war comic sensibility and bring it over here. Cool, I like that idea. Um, you know, Deathstroke has a military background and certainly yep. views himself that way. I think that could be cool. Any any artist on that or? No, I mean it's, it's got to be someone over the top with the action. Like, yeah, I it, I, I would joke and say Liefeld, but it's a complete joke. On that <laughs> no, <one>. no, <laughs> no. I, <okay>. but <laughs> um, but okay, no, that's a cool concept. So I actually do like the character a fair amount. Um, you know, I I'm not someone with a great depth of knowledge about him, but I think that like. So, you know, Gail Simone obviously is very much Ostrander's, uh, the, the, the heir to his legacy in, in a great many ways. So it is easy to say, like, I'm sure her Deathstroke would be amazing and I would love to read it. But maybe it would be cool, like, and again, the, the, the next thing I'm about to say is somebody who can absolutely read his own book and has a million times. But I kind of love the idea of Steve Orlando working with Gail Simone. Um, but he, Steve Orlando could also just do the title singularly. Now, I don't think that Deathstroke is, like, I think he's a lot less like Midnighter than meets the eye. 
uh, if you're doing it right. And I think he, he, again, would definitely tease out and understand those differences. Yeah. Um, you know, and my artist suggestion on that, again, a pipe dream, would be Sean Phillips, who did all the art for Fade Out. Ooh, that would actually be a really good one. That'd be interesting. It should be, like, smoky and moody. I think it needs that kind of classy style, too. Like, you you wouldn't think it would, you know, like, I think you really would want something who could really portray a very almost, like, retro-looking but very and, and, and very classy and really well-executed, moody, noir kind of an art. So, Sean Phillips. That would be a, that would actually be a really interesting one. I didn't think of, like... That, but that would be a different take on like the design where I was just thinking of like it's you know it's an over the top cableish tons of violence big <laughs> guns crazy swords eh whoever could do that well uh, which is a lot of people Joe Madero could uh, Madero Madero whatever his last Madero. name is would be yeah, yeah it would be fun just to see him going on the over the top style but then again he starts a series and then he's off after like two or three issues because he can't keep up. Um, Harley yeah. Quinn mm-hmm. I don't read the comic and everybody who does thinks it's the best shit ever so in reality mm-hmm. I would not mess with the current creative team but if I, I was would. going to <laughs> oh, if I was going to I would suggest Kate Leff Kate Leff Kate Leff okay. yeah um, she can do really madcap zany humor um her art is really cutesy in a way that I think like could be interesting to translate into Harley Quinn's world. Um, or she could even work with her, her artist who's been working with her on Brittany Williams, who's been working with her on the uh, Hellcat book. Um, you know, I mean, they would get rid of the pinup quality that the book has had, but if we wanted to try something different, that could be a way to do it. But Kate left, I think could write the hell out of that character. I think she's kind of like born for it. She Especially would actually, to the extent that Harley Quinn is like the avatar of like suburban goth kids, like Kate can write for that. Yeah, that for writing what is today, I could see her doing it and like knocking out of the park. It would actually be really, really good. Um, definitely, I definitely like that choice. Uh, for mine, mm-hmm. I'm going a little retro, and I got to go back to Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. That book nice. would sell six figures every single issue. That is such like a it throwback would. love. Um, and that's the, the Harley Quinn that I liked. I, I don't like this, like, over-the-top Deadpool-ish light but female style that, you know, uh, Palmiati and Connor do. Uh, it's just not for me. It's, I, it's I don't enjoy print, it. It's printing money. That's the only thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, clearly there's a huge fandom that people love it. And I've said it, you know, in every interview review that I've done, it's, it's just not for me. Like, I don't enjoy it. I also don't like Deadpool. So, um, you know, that's my personal thing. It's not, I'm not mocking everyone else. I can understand why. Yeah. I understand why they like it. It's just not for me. Um, but yeah, I would go back to Deanie and and Uh Tim because I just love, love their stuff. You're right there. That is also printing money. So suicide squad. What about justice league America? Oh, somehow that's not on my list. Oh, Oh, I probably deleted it because of justice league. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah. Who do you have for justice league America? I have no idea. It's got to be someone who can do uh, to do classic. Like I would think, like a Mark Wade, who really kind of has a grasp on. If any series that should be like a classic legacy series, I feel like it should be Justice League America. Hmm. Okay. 
To me, it okay. just there's a panache about it. Like Justice League is about like the new and kind of like the the characters. Justice League America to me is just that more of that old school grand. Um, I I think more like Silver Age. Than I think Justice League America. Got it. Got it. So like, Phil Jimenez could be a great artist on that then. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. You'd be good on that one. But I like I think of someone who knows that sort of error and and mm-hmm. Mark. I really think Mark Way is just his knowledge is so good that he would do justice. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> it's a good. It's good. I can. <laughs> so Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Suicide Squad needs to be bleak as fuck, mm-hmm. or it doesn't work. That's all it's there to do. Um, you know I. Oh, I should have said this when I mentioned Alex DeCampi earlier. When I heard, oh wait, obviously I just spoiled myself. Alex DeCampi. Um, <laughs> when I when I heard her speak uh, one of the more recent times, she had mentioned that it sounded like like it sounded like the big two had made come to her with overtures to try to get her to write female characters, basically, and that she sounded like she really had only an interest in doing big marquee names because she was like, you know, screw you, I'm a pro. And just because I'm a woman doesn't mean, you know, I can only write women. Just, you know, it's the thing is, of course, it's like I like having women write women characters because women do a better job of it like nine times out of ten. Unless you're like Greg Rucka or Karen Gillan, you're like women characters are inferior to the ones that a woman's going to write. So I sympathize with them wanting to have her come on to do a women, but I also completely sympathize with her wanting to do marquee shit. I don't know if she'd consider Green Arrow to be a marquee, but I think the way they're promoting Green Arrow and also him having a television show means that, you know, he hopefully would be marquee enough to win her heart. Suicide Squad, again, doesn't necessarily sound marquee, but they've got a Hollywood movie coming out in yep. a minute now. So maybe we get Alex DeCampi to bring her bleak as fuck worldview and her love of espionage. We know she's working on an espionage comic right now. Um, and we've seen her write ensembles very, very well with no mercy. Um, I would love to have her on Suicide Squad. And then for art, I think, yeah, have somebody really classic who can sort of remind the folks who used to read the Ostrander books a little bit of the olden times. So that would mean maybe having like Nicholas Scott there or Phil Jimenez, or I could see Althea Martinez again. Um, So that's my Suicide Squad. What about you? Suicide Squad, um, I think Steve Orlando would do it. I just, there's a brutality to that his mm-hmm. Midnighter that I think would be a lot of fun in Suicide Squad. Totally. Um, so I, it just I think it would be make it fun and really gritty in the oh my god that guy's like head just blew up sort of way and almost like a Tarantino mm-hmm. over the top yeah series. Hell, we could do Tarantino would be fun to, to really do That's true. Suicide Squad. But Alex McCampy is really good at blowing up heads. Like if you read oh, Grindhouse, yeah, she's like yeah. all about blowing up heads. So Yeah, she'd be a good one. Yeah. I, I would dig that. I know, she would. So Batman Beyond, I really struggled with, but I came up with an answer. What did you have? So I'm assuming this is going to be in the future. Um, yes. And I, I kind of like this team and and I'm not going to go the kid style. I mean if I wanted to do the uh you know more like the the television show or animated series, I would probably go with a different team. Uh but I like the idea of Karina Karina Bechko and Gabriel Hardman who do some like really good sci-fi um uh good sci-fi like of future type stories. Uh, which hmm. I think could be kind of a cool could stop you know, like a cool stop here. I don't know what they're going to do with it because there's right now the, the whole like 
that brand is so mixed up as to what it was yeah. and what it is now. That's very true. Um, for writers, and you know, I, I bet I bet Steve Orlando's ears are burning right now, or at least they should be. <laughs> He's like on everything apparently with us. But um, I I I struggled on this with the same questions that you did. I thought you could either maybe go with like Steve Orlando or Kate Left. I think Kate Left could do a really fun Batman Beyond. Yeah, I, so here's the bigger question would be would you gear that series more towards the animated show or would you have maybe like the look of the animated show but more towards like the DC world as it is now? So the here's the thing. The animated show basically it I mean it, 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 it the people it resonates to most are people our age and slightly young slightly younger. IE adults. Um, but not old adults, regular adults. Um, there's no, there's nothing about the concept of Batman in the future that should make it be particularly oriented towards kids other than you have the opportunity to have a teenager having a relationship with Batman, um, which is like, you know, something that kids would want to imagine themselves having. I think that was probably why, like, that was an idea that appealed for a kid's show was that you could have Bruce Wayne acting as a mentor for a young person and also set it in a futuristic world. I, it's hard for me to say if that's something which is evergreen and you could also have a kid-focused book on right now. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think if you did a kid-focused book, you you know, Kate Leth could be a good person to have on that angle of it and maybe have one of the artists who did Bravest Warriors do the art since we know they can do fun shit in space. Yeah, that would uh, that would be an interesting one. Yeah, Kate Leth I can see. Uh, it's Mine is the bigger of like what what do you what do you gear towards? And that's where I kind of I kind of fall a little short. Which I'm not sure what I would do. Because right now that's like the series is this bleak dystopian world with the kind of which content, uh, uh, continues their story from Future's End, and it's just it's really kind of out there crazy. I would I don't know. I, I think I would kind of gear it towards. Uh, the cartoon series again. Like I just think there was something somewhat more enjoyable about it. Like it's very bleak and dark and somewhat depressing. Yeah, it's it, it really is up to you. It it could be taken in so many damn different directions. Yeah. Oh yeah. <coughs> it's an interesting one. Um, I think out of all of them, I'm really intrigued to see what they do with it. Hmm. So what are you for Blue Beetle? Blue Beetle. I, I really you are a hardcore Blue Beetle fan. I'm well yes and no. Okay, so I, I've said this and I will continue to say this. I enjoyed like back in the old JLI like romps. I you know, like you gotta you gotta enjoy like the whole whole like booster gold and blue beetle like shenanigans humor and all that. But in the year twenty sixteen, I don't care how much you like Ted Cord. Blue Beetle needs to be Jaime Reyes. And I'm almost positive that new Blue Beetle will be Jaime Reyes. And you could, if you wanted to have, you could have Ted Cord be alive and mentor him, you know? Like, that could be his role. He could be mentoring the next generation of Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle. Um, and I feel very strongly that we need a Blue Beetle book out. It needs to be stirring the teenage, like, you know, young teenager, Latino kid in the Southwest, Jaime Reyes. Um, and I don't care how much I like Ted Cord because it's not about me. It's about what the kids need. And as for who should write it, I don't know. But I want it to be somebody who is maybe coming out of web comics. 
And I'd love for it to be someone who's Latino. I think that that would be important to get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you make a, a good point with all those, and it's a good case. Um, writing is the per, a person who I think has done a great job of uh, giving voice to characters we don't see enough is uh, Jeremy Whitley. I think he actually could do a fun thing with that oh, series. Oh, wow. That would be awesome. I, I, Yeah, and I trust him. So, like, yeah. he's like the white guy who won't fuck it up. But yep. I would still prefer <laughs> there to be a Latino, like a Latino webcomic guy, like, working on that book. Yeah, um, and I feel bad. Like, I don't, I can't name any. Like, I would love that, too. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's funny as I went when I was making my list, I was thinking of like what current series would could I see like would I equate this with in the direction that I would go, and that's really how I came up with my list. But I I couldn't tell you if you asked me it was like oh who's this per I I couldn't name you a, a Latino uh, writer. I feel really bad. Yeah, there's that. a number of artists like yeah you know, Lope, uh, Navarro and Lopez who are working on uh, Wolverine. Um, obviously, you know, Phil Jimenez, I, but yeah, I don't know about writer writers who, especially like from like a younger angle. Yeah. So earth two, I think I stole this idea from Emma on, 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 on Fantheon. Um, earth two is a parallel world. Why shouldn't it be Afrofuturist mm-hmm. parallel world and have the creative team from concrete park do it? Tony Pruyer and Erica Alexander. That would be cool. I could see that. Um, because they my have written, idea they have written, was they have written. Sorry, just real quick. They have written what is one of the best science yeah. fiction comics of the past several years, um, and it's really unique world building, and it has fascinating politics, and you know, and I don't want to have like African American comics creators like be stuck where they're only able to do African American comics titles. And Earth, too, could certainly be an Earth where it could be predominantly, like, people who are black. Um, but it also could be whatever the hell it is they want to do. I, I want to see them in a position of creative power, creating a different world over there. And I really think they'd be great for that. Yeah, I, I went with a very similar thought process. Uh, just came up with a different team. Um, whereas I, I went with two that I think are doing a great job with world building now. And it's Marjorie, Marjorie Liu and Santa Takeda, um, mm. where I yeah. think it would be interesting to see him do that. But same idea, just different team. That's a cool – I like that. Those would be great people on it. Santa Takeda, I'm surprised she hasn't ended up on my stuff yet, but she's wonderful, and that would be cool. Yeah, and I think the idea of the Creek Park would be really, really cool to see what they would do. Gotham Academy, who do you have? Uh, well, I would love them for just keep the current team because I think I they're fantastic and, and really solid. Uh, mm-hmm. But if we have to change, I would go with someone who I think is doing a great job at younger characters at times is and someone I, could, I would trust doing a diverse cast is, again, Jeremy Whitley, who I mentioned before. I could see him doing Gotham yeah. Academy. Really good justice. Oh, what a great idea. What a great idea. I would... I, yeah, I love that comic right now, and I would love that under him, too. Um, you know, one of the ideas that Emma and uh, Logan put up on Fantheon that I think is also a great approach is, to, since it's, like, next semester, like, make it into a book that's a rotating title where you have some experienced people bring in new talent and mentor them and have them sort of do short stories throughout it. 
um, where it's also easier for younger readers to kind of dip in and out. And the current creative team of Brendan Fletcher and Becky Cloonan could be the editors, for example. Um, That's a neat idea. I like that. And maybe bring in, like, all these – have all these people who are doing great, like, um, web comics, you know, have them come in and, like, do short runs on them. Um, God, what was the girl I meant to begin? Princess Power or something like that. She does, like, a magical girl web comic that's feminist and pink. It's very pink and very feminist. Um, like, I could see some really cool new people and new blood coming in that way. But I love Jeremy Whitley on that book, too. That's a great idea. Yeah, no, I actually, I, I'm digging that. I, I really like your your suggestion for that one. Like, the concept of it, I think it's a pretty cool one. So, Supergirl, obviously, yes. should be Noel Stevenson, Noelle Stevenson of Lumberjanes and, like, everything else that's good in the world. Um, fame and Runaways. Um, I think she'd be amazing on Supergirl. And I'd love to see the Alrids do art on that. Make it really classic like retro retro not classic retro like 60s retro style art would be a lot of fun yeah i i'm with you on the noelle stevenson she's one of the suggestions i had uh depending if they wanted to do a little bit of a more adult take uh greg rucka would be the other suggestion just because he can do no wrong when it comes to female Characters. characters. Yeah, because he would be good <laughs> if they wanted to make it like maybe capture. I actually haven't seen the TV show, but like the TV show is probably not aimed at people who are too young. No, but no, Noelle would be she could do older too. Like she really would be great. I mean, yeah, I, I I associate her a lot with like tween, maybe late teens, early twenties. Um, Greg Rucka, I would think of like if it's more geared towards like thirty or four year old, like a very a, more of an adult take on it, like. Mm-hmm. But why would an adult Either would, want I think to do Supergirl? Really no, like, that's just not perfect. No, I mean, but I mean, like, Greg Rocco can <laughs> no, do whatever. No, it's your like, TV series. Yeah, but the TV yeah. series is probably for uh, is, yeah. is like not skewing old. I'm sure, even though we know that a certain yeah, yeah. former presidential candidate has a thing for the actress. I'm gonna vomit everywhere. Um, <laughs> so, Superwoman. I have just I have been an exponent of the notion that there needs to be a Lois Lane comic. I, of course, would call it Lois Lane, world's finest journalist, and have it be like a journalist, you know, like a super journalism kind of thing. Like every episode is practically, you know, has she's running after Deep Throat and it's the Pelican Brief, like the way Hollywood makes journalist stuff super intense and crazy. Um, So the Superwoman could certainly be, could certainly be Lois Lane. And if so, I'd love to have it be a comics journalist who would be writing it. Um, there's a lot of really talented people who are doing that. And you actually know that world better than me. My suggestion for an artist on that would be Carla Speed McNeil, who's doing art on No Mercy. And she's done a lot of other independent stories. And I just think her style is the kind of thing that like I can show someone who's not a comics reader and they would get it and it wouldn't be like alienating and it's not objectifying anybody. And it's got a really illustratorly look that I think is approachable to non-comics readers. I could just see that working for Superwoman. Yeah, Carla with um, Speed McNeil would be great for Wonder Woman too. Thinking back as well. Yeah, she would be really, really good. It's one I just the Wonder don't Woman know. stuff she has done was good. Yeah, I just don't know what the series is going to be, so I'm throwing out Greg Rucka again. Um, I just, I don't know. Like I I couldn't tell you if it's going to be Lois Lane focused or something else. He'd do else. a hell of a Lois Lane. He would do a hell yeah. of a Lois Lane. But uh, um, I. When it comes to female characters, I trust him. So not knowing what the series is going to be, I trust him. (laughs) 
And speaking of not knowing what the hell it is, Super Sun. Oh, actually, you know what? Though, real quick, I, I, Greg Rucka on adult women, eighty times more than Greg Rucka on girls. So I really, do, I would, I really do think that. Oh yeah, um, he would be better on a superwoman than he would be on a supergirl. Yeah. Um, oh, abs- yes, absolutely. Just like. I mean, all the really iconic, awesome characters he's done have been adults, really. Yeah, he's, he's um, more of a, he's an adult writer. Yeah. Um, so for Super Sons, I was thinking, get the Lumberjanes crew on it. Shannon Waters, Grace Ellis, everyone who's worked on that on Lumberjanes is just outstanding. And as much as I've really, you know, don't want to read a comic about Damian Wayne or whatever, um, I think they would be really bringing interesting experience having done teen books teen books that are actually read by kids i think the name super sons is a name you could give to like a kid's title and have kids read it i wish it wasn't just sons though um obviously but yeah. uh but yeah i would give it to the team lumberjanes what about you i i have no idea what the hell this is i'm completely baffled as to what it is i know that there was a series before that had to deal with the son of superman and the son of batman teaming up but that's about all I got. I have no idea what the hell this is. So I've got a big giant question mark. But if you want, again, I'll go with the. If you want to talk history, go Mark Wade. The dude knows his history, and I'm sure probably has the entire run of Super Sons and can tell you every issue in and out. But I, I really do have no idea what the hell it is. So I, I'm I'm pretty pretty baffled on it. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, Teen Titans. Teen Titans. What do you have? Um, I, I'm looking at it as a younger group, um, fun Curtis Weeby, Weeb, Weeby. I don't know. I, I probably mispronounced his last name. Uh, who does Rat Queens and a whole bunch of other series? Uh, writing and Babstar on art. Ooh, Babstar on art would be great. Um, I was thinking Pauline Aganichel, since she just did a great like group team series for um, Zodiac Star Force. I think mm-hmm. she would do a great job on it, and her art is fantastic too. But if she wasn't going to do both halves of it, I would love to see somebody like Chris Anka doing a Teen Titans art book. Everybody's clothes would make sense. I could tell people's faces apart. Um, for that matter, Jamie McKelvey obviously would totally nail that shit as well. Yeah, are two artists who really know what clothing people wear in the real world. As does Paulina Ganeshow. You know, she's a writer artist. But, um, and, um, I, I, I think it would be really fantastic to have her on that. Uh, yeah. Final series, Trinity, which I'm assuming is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Yeah, I guess so. I don't well, know. I have less than zero interest in reading a book about the three of those people together. So the one that would make it interesting, I'm sure I would read two issues and not understand a thing going on, is Grant Morrison. Yeah, I would certainly read at least three issues of that, sure. Yeah, it, to me it's the, I have no idea what I read, I'm sure it's going to be critically loved and reference God knows what when it comes to legacy and history and all that stuff, um, Grant Morrison. <laughs> okay, so I just had an idea because I realized I didn't actually suggest a specific writer for Teen Titans. Jeremy Whitley, because he's writing a teen superhero group essentially right now in Raven the Pirate Princess. He knows how to write a team up, a teen team up, as it were. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, you'd, I know be, you have you'd be really solid on that. But um, and also like he does a romance really well, and romances are a very important thing for Teen Titans. Yes, this is very true. Um, yeah, I think he would he would be fantastic. So yeah, I, I could see that that would that would I think work really really well. He'd be a good one. Um, so no one fraternity for you? No. No. But right. you're right. I, if it was Grant Morrison, I'd at least look at it. <laughs> Yeah, the, I just look at that and being like, who can discuss uh, DC's legacy and really dive into all that stuff and everyone will gush over it? Grant Morrison. Cool. Uh, well, that is everything. That's all the series. So we'll find out what the actual uh, creative teams are in about two weeks. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of big holes, I think, in their program. I agree yeah. that they need to publish fewer comics. There are too many. Um, but as you could tell from some of our some of our ideas, I think a lot of them are kind of redundant. Um, and I think that DC is really missing something on a couple of fronts. Um, yeah. Because I my big thing is like – sorry. I, I just don't think this is going to be the full list. I fully expect there's going to be more announced. Just so much shit. They, don't, they need to have fewer shit. It's too much. But um, I really – right now, DC, DC Comics – continually forgets that they have the first black female superhero actually predated storm like by like a millimeter or something like that. And that's Bumblebee. Bumblebee um, is in the new like girls oriented, like, you know, young girls oriented cartoon that they're making. And she is a girl scientist and people are like looking for content about girl scientists to give their kids right now. So to have like a teen book, maybe with a bit of like a Riverdale, you know, school drama story in it, you know, like definitely have some more romance in that. There isn't really much of, like it could be the Squirrel Girl. It could be DC's Squirrel Girl. I would probably make it a little bit less zany, a little bit more romancy. Um, but DC Comics needs a Squirrel Girl. It does not have one right now. And it needs to be doing something with Bumblebee. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, it's not a, it's definitely a hole that they have. I don't know Bumblebee at all. We were actually just talking about Bumblebee this weekend at Target. Um, mm. Yeah, because she's part of the DC superhero toy line, and I stared at it and said, I, I don't know anything." Um, so yeah, clearly she needs some love. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that would be a good one to, to kind of fill that. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. That's about it for as far as the stuff. I mean, I fully expect that they're going to announce more things. Um, maybe it's not necessarily going to be at at WonderCon, but down the road, I, I I can see them throwing in another, you know, five five books easy. Hmm. I, yeah, I mean, there have to be, like, a limit somewhere because I do think that putting out 52 titles is insane, like, literally insane. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. And I think they need to have a little bit more focus. And I think that they need to have more diversity in terms of genre than they've had before. You know, they need to remember that they got to have romance books and they got to have westerns and, like, where's the, you know, like, there's different, whatever genres are, I guess there really isn't a huge audience for Westerns these days, maybe, but they still make them in movies. So I don't know. There's, 
there's genres out there that they're not really capturing. Whatever genres that there are should be captured in the comics, like, sphere so that they have something for different people's needs. There's just too much similar stuff being put out right now. Yeah, and then look at their line. I mean, they, they've got opportunity to do different, um, so hopefully they will, but... You know, based off the titles, it's kind of hard to see. I think we'll get a better idea when uh, when they actually announce creative teams. I think we'll have a slight idea as to what direction they're going. And, you know, honest to God, I don't have a great deal of faith in a lot of things about this. The one name associated with it that, like, made me excited was Phil Jimenez. I, you know, to me, I think Phil Jimenez is that guy who people who want comics to be doing something fresh and new can like, and people who are old school will like also. There aren't that many people that I think make both of those audiences happy. Um, so when I saw he was involved, I was like, that's a good indicator. But the fact that he's the only person who seems to be like in any way part of like someone who gives a fuck about shit like diversity really makes me worry. Yeah, and he's an he's an old school. He's old school. Guy. He's been there yeah. forever. But I mean, but he's just but he's somebody who folks who want the new who want to see comics be more diverse also like support and like, and who speaks yep. very much about how he wants those things. So yeah, he's even so like his style is super traditional, and it's not like he's not Babstar. He's like the opposite of Babstar, you know. Um, so oh, yeah, if he if he was on like every other book, I would be quite happy with that. Um, I I do love his work and the dude's old school and in a good way he knows what the hell he's doing. <laughs> exactly. And the other names that I saw associated so far, like I'm pretty sure that they want us to time travel back to the eighties. And like, I don't think that that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, so it's probably a good way to, to kind of wrap things up. So we've, we've talked about it on, you know, on our Sunday round table, it comes to legacy. Legacy was the key word that they kept on bringing up in their presentation. And for me, that makes me really nervous yeah. um, because I think legacy as a whole, the industry for me, and I, I'm being much more vocal on this, is too beholden to legacy and too beholden to the longtime fans who, yes, have been there for a really long time, but at the same time, really hold back bringing in new people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's... You know, you know the not just the fans, but also the distribution system and the the comic stores. Like as a whole, a publisher needs to stand up and say, "No, nope, we're doing our own thing. We are going to pave a new way. We're going to build an audience. And if you're not with us, that's fine. We're going to kick ass on our own. And cool, appreciate it. Good luck. Um, and I would hope DC had the ability to do that, but. Probably not. Um, when when I hear legacy, I think beholden to comic stores and people who are stereotypical fanboys. And it's going to kill the industry. Like yep. the comparison I drew was like everybody who's like, oh, we can't move to green energy because we don't know what you know. We have to keep. We don't know what's going to happen, and fossil fuels are here. Like forget. Like fossil fuels are going to run out, and also we will all die from pollution. It's the same way with comics. Like, oh, the future is uncertain, but if you keep only depending on the past, you will die. That is a fact. Um, so they need to be able to create things that will bring in new audiences and make it easier for new people to read comics 
you know, not just have things go through the current distribution model. And um, one of the one of the people who's a thought, you know, considered a thought leader in comics right now, and I'm kind of gagging that I said that, and me and him had a kind of a back and forth on a Facebook group. Um, you know, his whole comic was his whole comment when I was just like, "Fuck direct market, focus on digital and build your audience." His is, well, you know, you're, you know, there's not enough people in digital to to do that. And I was like, yeah, that's the point of building an audience. And someone yeah. like Warner DC that has the money of Warner Brothers should be smart enough to sit Warner Brothers down and be like, yeah, we're gonna lose you money when it comes to comics for probably two to five years, easy. Um, and but you're gonna make up in all the ans- you know ancillary toys and T-shirts and all that. But five years from now, we're going to have an amazing audience that is going to be hardcore and love us, and we will be able to talk directly to them. And it might be bumpy at first when it comes to the stores, but the stores will turn around because the customers will start coming in saying, where are the DC comics? Yeah, exactly. But that that would involve vision, but yeah. <sighs> That's a rant for another day. <laughs> no, you're totally right on. And we should have another thing talking up. We should have an episode just about how to save the comics industry. We talk about it yeah. a lot, uh, but we could maybe have a specific dedicated uh, episode for that if folks would be into it. Sure. We should do that next week then. Sounds good. We'll continue it next week. We'll, we'll shelve it for next week and we can talk about uh, legacy and uh, how to bring in a new audience and have some fun with that. Um, cool. Anything else before we wrap up? Uh, just want to quickly again thank the women in comics in New York con- conference that I went to, to in the Bronx Library. It was tremendous. Everyone should go next year. Um, it was the most diverse comic space I've ever been in. Like literally, uh, I think there was like five white people. And um, I hope to see everybody there next year. Nice. It's awesome. You'll have to. We can talk about that next as a way of bringing in new people because I'm sure that will be on the addition plate. Um, so yeah. And then I also want to make sure to thank again DC Comics for allowing us to, in uh, to play Brendan Fletcher's and Black Canary's quote unquote uh, song from their first EP. Uh, you can catch that at BlackCanaryMusic.com. Uh, and of course, absolutely go out by the first trade of Black Canary Volume One, Kicking and Screaming. Uh, you can get that through you know, major comic retailers, and of course, Amazon and Comicsology, wherever you want. Uh, I'll have a link when we upload this video, or not this video, this podcast, um, where you can check out BlackCanaryMusic.com. And yeah. As always, thank you very much for listening. You can catch us every single day at graphicpolicy.com. Of course, we're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all at Graphic Policy, keeping it nice and consistent. If you came in late for this episode, want to listen to it again or share it with your friends, it'll be up on iTunes about an hour as well as Stitcher about an hour after that and then uploaded to SoundCloud tomorrow where it'll be uploaded uh, and posted to graphicpolicy.com. So thank you for listening as always. So until next time, I'm Brett. I'm Ilana. Keep it geeky.